0: in yeah.
1: Coming up today, Carl Adams from Timberline Sport & Convenience in Black Duck joins us. Great opening weekend bite on Black Duck and several lakes up in his neck of the woods. We'll get all the details. Plus, we're not done putting the spotlight on some of the big lakes in Paul Bunyan Country. Tony Kennedy, the large lake specialist out of the Bemidji area office, is back. This time, he's looking at Cass Lake and the entire chain. It's all coming up today on Fish in Paul Bunyan Country. We are putting the spotlight today on the Cass Lake chain, primarily the big lake, but we'll take a look at the whole picture as well. Tony Kennedy, the large lake specialist in the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office, joining me. Tony, welcome back. Thanks, Kev. Well, let's uh, just start from the top. Um, Cass Lake is definitely one of the gems of Paul Bunyan country and really a lake that has a lot of different species and pretty healthy populations.
0: Yeah, we're in really good shape on the chain right now. Um, why abundance is above average, perch size is, is really good. Um, northern pike abundance has been declining, which is tends to work well for size. Um, and of course, we've got a natural musky population that uh, keeps guys busy after them.
1: That's right, that natural musky population is very, very strong and reproduces quite well.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, it's fishing's got a little bit tougher out there post zebra mussels with the clear water. Um, and we've lost a little bit of the um, scattered pond weeds on some of the sandbars, potentially from rusty crayfish. We don't know for sure. But, so it's changed a little bit the way that guys get after them, but the fish are still there. They're just maybe a little trickier to pin down.
1: And I, w- I was going to ask you about that because I-, I know that zebra mussels have affected Cass Lake a little more than other lakes, in particular where they are and when you can catch them. Not the populations, but just uh, behaviors have had to change a little bit because of that clearer water.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and Cass has had clear water for a long time, but it got even clearer um, post zebra mussels. And so we're really seeing uh, an even strong... We already had a strong night fishery, but it's even more exaggerated now compared to the past. But, but it was really a pretty easy transition for guys um, because they'd already been doing a fair bit of it. A lot of the pressure out there comes from the resorts, and so those folks are there for a week at a time. They can sleep in till ten o'clock, so fish until midnight or one in the morning is not a problem.
1: Yeah, it's a problem for me, but yeah, if I'm on vacation, maybe not so much. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, the night fishing last year out there was great. I, I did it a little bit more than usual personally, and uh, we had some outstanding trips, lots of action. There's a strong uh, 2018 year class that's like well, that was 12 to 13 inches. Uh, late last summer and those fish by the by the time that night fishing kicks in strong this july and august they'll be 15 inches they'll be nice size keepers and i expect a good summer out there
1: okay that sounds great um you mentioned the northerns and the sizes uh nice and the the population is kind of where you want them to be uh is this related at all to the change in the northern rags yet or is that uh, just something that's always been there
0: It's always been there. I do think the new regulation is a good fit for Cast Lake, um, and a better fit than maybe some of the protected slots we could have chosen from our toolbox, um, otherwise. But uh, it's always been good. It doesn't have the top end size like the Redder Lake of the Woods, uh, but a lot of fish, twenty six to thirty two. So you know, really nice sized fish, but not trophies by any means. Just you know, a good healthy Northern Pike.
1: Let's uh, take a expansion a little bit here and let's move up to some of these other lakes that everybody knows about on the chain. Um, Andruja, Big and Little Wolf, um, Kitschie. How are those lakes? Are they they all healthy as well?
0: Yeah, you know, that population acts as a single unit. So you'll find that early season catch rates in those upstream lakes for anglers will be um, often quite good. And then cast Lake maybe kicks in a little bit later in the year. This year with the earlier spring, I don't expect that disparity quite so much i think fishing throughout the chain will be good uh, but there probably won't be those really heavy concentrations of fish at the inlets and outlets of those other lakes uh, because we'll be further post-spawn but that's just means you got to work a little harder for them they're they're certainly out there to be caught
1: what is it about the Cass lake chain that it makes it such a great place for walleyes to to thrive
0: yeah, well, um, it's a pretty good sized system, and if you look around, a lot of our walleye lakes, you know, tend to be, you know, they're not four or five hundred acre lakes; they're, you know, several thousand, and altogether the chain is about twenty five thousand when you add up all the surface acreages, and um, that, and you've got two pretty large rivers that flow through in the Mississippi and the Turtle. So there's good spawning habitat in those rivers, and then also we have a very successful fry stocking program. Into most of those connected waters, actually, Andruja, um is stocked annually, uh, Pike Bay as well, and then the kitchy big and little rice gets is on alternate year fry stocking. So um, we do see quite a bit of contribution from those stocked fry. They comprise a pretty large portion of the population, but we do have also good natural reproduction in the rivers. There isn't a lot of in lake spawning habitat in cats, but there's great adult habitat um, along. There's so many shoreline breaks and humps and um, bars and that sort of thing. That um, And a lot of forage, you know, a really healthy perch population as well as, you know, crayfish.
1: One of the uh, really incredible things about that whole system, I mean, that that is a well-developed area. There are a lot of houses. There are a lot of resorts. There's a lot of anglers who drive over and get in that lake. It gets a lot of pressure, and it just keeps cranking out fish all the time
0: yeah it it is we we see relatively high mortality rates when we look at total mortality from walleyes but that's that can sound a little bit scary, but in a system that particularly that's augmented with fry stocking um you know we're providing that fry input we get the good recruitment because we don't have a lot of suppression from older fish and so we just sort of, tr- that population's turning over all the time there's there's not a lot of walleye out there over age seven or eight um So every few years, you know, you're turning the whole population over. But um, it's a formula that's worked really well for us. It provides a a really healthy harvest fishery. And there are still, you know, a number of fish over 22 inches for sure. And and fish up to the upper 20s are are reasonably common. So it's a pretty nicely balanced size structure as well. It's not just a bunch of 14-inch fish, let's say, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Um, how got, what kind of winter pressure does this like in, or the system get?
0: Well, that might be a little bit of the saving grace as well. Um, that we've done two winter creel surveys in the last ten years or so, and the walleye harvest estimates for those entire winter seasons were in the hundreds versus um, you know tens of thousands in the in the open water. You know, so mm-hmm. not very much walleye pressure particularly. The winter pressure is largely focused on perch. Um, and then a modest amount of spearing as well.
1: Okay. Um, besides zebra mussels, which I know you guys are keeping a close watch on, anything else going on in the in the lake or the lake system that you're concerned with? No, no real
0: concerns. Um, you know, we we modified the the Forest Service modified the lake outlet to a Rock Arch Rapids four or five years ago, and so that that was sort of a a bigger change there's there's a bypass channel now with a gate on it it, it, it operates a little bit differently but look, by and large that's been a um really a no change from a fisheries standpoint uh we have a little bit of starry stonework that's been documented but no um, large beds of it or anything established um you know rusty crayfish are um kind of a double-edged sword they're they're kind of hard on the plants um and the physical habitat that way but they're a tremendous food item for both perch and walleyes and, and They've really exploded post zebra mussels as the zebra mussels filter the water and then move a lot of those nutrients uh, through their waste down to the bottom that seems to have really um, kicked the crayfish population into high gear and our we've seen a response in walleye and perch growth rates where they're growing much faster than they used to be Perch, particularly where we're reaching nice keeper size perch in just three or four growing seasons whereas maybe it was four or five in the past and doesn't sound like much of a change but if a fish is nine and a half inches instead of eight inches there's a pretty big difference there during that winter season
1: the spotlight is on the Cass lake chain tony kennedy from the Bemidji area fisheries office my guest will have more with tony later but up next it was a great opening weekend in paul bunyan country black duck lake was going strong we'll hear from carl adams of timberline sport and convenience next this is Fish in paul bunyan country Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. What a weekend we had for the opener. We're checking in with Carl Adams from Timberline Sport and Convenience in Black Duck. And Carl, boy, I don't know if we've ever had weather like this for the opener.
2: I, I can't remember any. And maybe it's happened before, but
1: I sure can't remember any.
2: It seems like I remember a lot of snow on opener, <laughs> but never just beautiful, beautiful weather.
1: It was absolutely ideal. I mean, it was gorgeous to be out on the water, gorgeous to be in the boat. The only question we had was, is it going to be too flat? for good fishing action but man I saw tons of pictures on social media it looks like people were catching fish like crazy
2: it did i think things had warmed up to a to a you know pretty good the uh, uh, water temps I got to that that place where it was actually a pretty good bite for everything there was a few lakes that weren't quite as good and that's always the case with opener nobody knows the the spots you know it's 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 always it's, it's always the beginning of the season when you get out for opener but all in all it was probably one of the better openers we've had the weather for sure and even the bite was really
1: good. You know, I mean, even if the bite's not good, if the weather's decent and people are out on the boat for the first time in several months, uh, you know, you can forgive a, a bad bite. When you get both, that's just, that's pretty rare.
2: Yes, that is exactly the case. I said, I again, I think almost everybody you talked to, this was probably one of the more exciting openers uh, that we had had just because the weather was so nice. The bite was pretty good on a lot of lakes and, uh. If you wanted to chase other species, they were uh, they were willing to bite in the nice weather. And, and all in all, if you get the weather like that, I don't think people would complain if they didn't catch any fish.
1: I don't think they would have. I wouldn't have. Um, so what were you finding out there or hearing? Um, were they where they expected them to be? Had they moved a little bit with the warmer weather? What, what was going on? And, and it did vary from lake to lake. Some of the lakes, I think, had uh, things had changed
2: a little bit. But Blanchick had one of the very best bites, and I would I would call it a, a fairly typical opener where the fish were fairly shallow. Uh, you know, it was a little bit tougher in the middle of the day because of the beautiful, beautiful weather. Um, but if you found a spot where the fish hadn't been spooked and stuff like that, you could still catch some fish even in the daytime, and the mornings and evenings were just fantastic out here. Um, and I think that was kind of the case on a lot of, like, the mid-sized lakes, and, and uh, you know, it's the guys that went to Round or Island or... Or Gull or any of the lakes right around here. It seemed like they they the mornings and evenings were, were really good fishing, um, and they were fairly typical opener. It wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, you know the, a way different. It wasn't uh, quite the summertime bite or anything like that. It was I would say it was a fairly maybe the second weekend is what we should compare it to, uh, especially the weather. Maybe it seemed it all seemed like second weekend. because first weekend uh, opener is usually cold and and a and a you know struggle to find the fish if you do find them they're really stacked up here it was like there was fish in multiple spots um on almost all the lakes you could catch them and uh, it wasn't just like one spot on the lake uh, so it was probably a little closer to a second weekend
1: well and it is the latest the opener can possibly be here so it, it you had a better shot at better weather
2: that is very true and then again that would probably why it was a little closer to, like, that second type weekend.
1: So talk a little bit about uh, what people are using. I'm assuming there's just a lot of jigging and, and minnow fishing going on right now.
2: It was primarily jig and minnow on our on our uh, local lakes around here. I did start to hear some crankbait stuff already. Our water temps, uh, we're already seeing some, uh, some you know, high 50s water temps. So things are a little warmer than normal, uh, and we are starting to hear a few guys that are trolling crankbaits and doing some other things. But most of the people you talked to were jigging a minnow, and that bite was really hot.
1: Okay. How about red? i, I got to assume at least, at the very least, there was a ton of people up there.
2: Well, there was a lot of people there. That was the one lake that was a little bit off. Hmm. Um, wasn't quite the typical opener for red, and I think that was uh, things that warmed up a little too much there. Um, and so those fish weren't, you know, concentrated chasing the shiners like they usually had. A lot of the shiners had already... Got done spawning. I think some of the, the shiners had moved a little bit. Where normally they're kind of concentrating the fish chasing those shiners, uh, and and that was that was probably the one lake that wasn't as good as normal. Uh, it's usually the hottest lake, and it. Uh, if you'd have asked me on Friday where I expected the hottest uh, bite to be, it would just be red because it's always really good, and it was. It was a little more of a struggle. There was some people that caught fish, and if you were one of those guys that landed in the right spot, you caught quite a few, but it was it was a little bit tougher than normal.
1: I think one of the things that I think is most challenging about Red Lake is, even if you're a mobile angler and you're willing to move around a lot and, and be flexible, it can take forever to find the fish. There's just so much water to cover.
2: There is a lot of water, and, and uh, usually with a lot of fish, you can... Uh, uh, you can find you know there's multiple spots you can get away from people but it does seem like the days when either stuff gets a little stirred up which uh happens a little bit you know you get a wind blowing in one direction stirs a little bit of that sand gets in the water and the fish can just shut down for sometimes it's a half a day sometimes it's a couple of days um but if anything goes wrong it seems like all the fish uh, react the same where on a lot of lakes uh you know they might quit biting on one side of the lake but you can go to the other or they might uh you know the fish are are maybe moved by the wind. These fish, if they, you know, if the wind uh, blows hard in one side, it stirs it up. I don't think it's such a big lake. They don't have, they don't go someplace else. They just take a few days off from feeding.
1: Okay. Well, you know, uh, we had a, a huge number of anglers last year. Part of that was the covid and i think that if you're looking for silver linings for covid it introduced a lot of people back into angling and some for the first time because it was one of the few things you could do i'm going to be curious carl to see if now that we've got those competing activities starting up again baseball soccer you know diff- summer vacations things that we can do again if that's going to maintain i hope it does and i th- and i think the kind of fishing we've had here last year and into this year might help keep people coming back
2: and and that is that is very true and i you, we wonder the same thing here uh all the time if it's going to stay uh uh if it's going to stay as, as as many people are going to go you know fish as they did last year and at least opening weekend it sure looked like it and you couldn't beat the weather so that's uh, uh you know a little bit different factor than normal but i think a lot of people got back into fishing that had maybe taken some time off and there will be there will be baseball games and there will be uh other things to do um but fishing i think once you once you uh once you do it for a little bit, you're gonna you love it, and you're gonna get out and do it a little bit more. and And I think we'll have a lot of fishermen this whole summer.
1: I, I guess my goal is, you know, it's great. I, I love sports, obviously, and I love you know competitive sports and team sports. But I do hope we we can find that balance where we can get the kids out doing a little more fishing and outdoor activities than maybe they did when they were concentrating on sports in the past. Maybe we found a new equilibrium. I hope we have.
2: Yep, I agree with you.
1: Well, as far as uh, the bait goes, you know you said jig and minnow, and I'm sure a lot of them wanted shiners, and I know that's always a challenge. How's the shiner biz on your end of things well this was
2: a this was a little bit unique here where this year there was plenty of shiners way before uh, opener usually we're struggling to get them just the days before, so there was plenty of shiners and no shiner shortage at all this weekend uh, you know it was tough. we don't have enough uh, carrying capacity to hold quite as many, so you have to try to time the uh, time the deliveries uh, right, just right so you don't ever run out. But, but as far as uh, being able to get shiners, it hasn't been a problem yet. Um, with the warm weather, it might happen uh, earlier than most years. You know, certain lakes like Red are going to um, quit kicking out shiners and we'll have to get them from other places. Uh, but I don't foresee any, uh, any shortages in the very near future and we'll, where we'll probably do is see some shortages a uh, little earlier than normal.
1: Well, we're going to see another hot day today tomorrow, upper seventies, and it's going to taper into the low seventies even by Sunday, down to the mid sixties. We're going to see some rain, a lot of clouds. Is that going to change anything? Well,
2: I think uh, I think the water temps have got to that that uh, you know pretty nice spot where I think we're, we'll see a good bite, and the clouds will just make it a little easier to catch them during the day. It seems like a lot of our lakes, even uh, Blacklick, which doesn't have any zebra mussels or anything, or Bemidji, where they haven't really taken a strong footing yet Um, I think it always helps a little bit to have some clouds and not the bright sun so I expect the bite to actually be really really good uh, by this weekend Uh, I think the fishing is going to we're going to have some real good fishing for the next few weeks I think.
1: Carl we got the uh, Gary Newell Memorial Tournament coming up this Saturday on Bemidji and Irving Uh, people are going to be looking for the biggest fish they can find if you were looking for big fish right now where would you be patrolling?
2: Well, those there's still times where those uh, where those big females go out and rest a little bit, but most of the time you're going to catch the ma- the majority of your big fish are still going to be in that shallower water, um, you know, up where where there's a good numbers of fish, and you're just going to try to sort through uh, sort through to find some of those bigger ones. Maybe use a little bit bigger bait, trying to catch uh, catch that bigger fish. But I, I think on most of our lakes, the fish are still shallow. Uh, they just got done and a few of them rest a little bit but they still come up to feed in the shallow water so.
1: I think we're going to see some interesting changes as we go along in the tournament world Uh, more and more tournaments are going app based they're probably not going to go back even you know when we can have uh, people in parks, large amounts of people in parks to watch the weigh-ins. I think they're going to stay with the apps. That allows you to just catch big fish all day long if you wanted to since it's going to be catch and release and you don't bring them out of the water. Some people will maintain the uh, the uh, old tournament rules as well, but that could change things.
2: That will change things, uh, you know, in a couple of the the AIM tournaments and a few other tournaments that already went that way. And uh, this, uh, the COVID, I think, uh, had a lot of other tournaments go that way. And I think it is a, a way of the future, uh, especially uh, just to, you know, to keep tournaments, keep everybody happy about them, where if they see a lot of fish getting kept or getting killed, uh, sometimes that, that bothers people and they see fishermen out. Uh, you know the tournament anglers knowing that they're catching a lot of really nice fish so when they start having these uh app tournaments and they and they are able to throw the fish back right away and keep them healthy um you are going to see a lot of tournaments go that way and i think you're going to see a lot of really big fish and people get to target uh you know just target big fish a lot which is what a lot of guys like to do anyways it's uh, it's always fun to target some of those big ones
1: as we head into this second week and weekend of the season, uh, what lakes would you recommend we take a look at?
2: Well, I, I'm pretty sure that, that lakes like uh, uh, Blacktick are still going to stay really strong for the next couple weeks. I think red is going to really pick back up, To I think that was just an anomaly this, uh, this weekend where it was a little bit slower. So we're going to see a, a really good bite on those lakes. But a lot of those, those lakes that sometimes take uh, a week or two to get going, like Lake Bemidji, is going to get really good, too. I think we're going to start seeing uh, good fishing on a, on a, on, a, on almost all the lakes in the next couple of weeks. All those mid-sized lakes, uh, like Island and Gull, around here, around, um, will all have a little bit better bite. To se- they always have a little better bite the second weekend, and I think this year that second weekend is going to be really good, and, and we should have a really good bite you know, for Memorial Weekend.
1: Carl Adams from uh, Timberline Sport and Convenience. Carl, um, obviously it's fishing time, so your business is very busy. Uh, if we're heading up your way, what are your hours? When can we be sure to be there? We open at five
2: thirty uh, uh, Monday through through Saturday, and then uh, six o'clock on Sundays. A little harder to get everybody up on Sundays, <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, we open at five thirty, and we're open until uh, either ten or, at night or eleven o'clock on the weekend.
1: So. Okay, and you've got other guys besides yourself who know a little bit about fishing? We, we,
2: we, got, a, we got a pretty good staff here right now. We're, we're, we're pretty prepared to help everybody uh, f- find the right spot on the lake. So,
1: And if we're heading up that way, where are we going to find you?
2: We're right off Highway 71. Uh, you can't hardly miss us. We're the new big marathon. We just switched from a shell station to a marathon, and uh, so we got gas, convenience, everything that you'd want.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty hard to miss you if you're on Highway 71.
2: If we're on seventy one, it's it's hard to miss us. We're the <laughs> we're the the big convenience store slash sporting goods store with a little bit of everything.
1: All right, Carl Adams, thanks for your time today.
2: Thank you, Kev.
1: You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We're checking back in with Tony Kennedy. He's the large lake specialist out of the Memichi Area Fisheries Office. We're putting the spotlight on the Cass Lake chain today. Tony, we've now expanded our, our reach into the Brainerd area, so we have some Brainerd area listeners who probably have not heard a lot about Cass, or as much about Cass as, as people have been listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country for a lot of years. Uh, a few years ago, you guys did a very extensive um, review of the lake, you met with uh, a lot of different people. Um, what came out of that?
0: Yeah, well, what came out of that was the Cass Lake Management Plan. It was a five-year plan, and... It was really a no-change sort of document. We, it was a formalization of the way we have been managing for about the past 20 years, and, that, and even longer than that, really. But particularly this last 20 years where we've had a really stable, strong walleye population, um, by and large a good perch fishery. Those are the two most important species to anglers as well as economically for the resorts. And so we really got all that down on paper, what, what we've been doing, what we're going to do, established uh, target ranges for various things we keep track of, like walleye catch rates, um, catch rates of fish of different sizes, spawning stock, those sorts of things, total mortality. Um, And that came at the recommendation from our citizen input group or our fisheries input group that said, whatever you've been doing this last little while, just keep doing that because we're really enjoying the fishery.
1: Well, that's easy.
0: Well, yeah, easier than sometimes. So we were, you know, of course, we like to hear that. But if, sure. if there was, you know, um, most of the goals that we set were based on recent the the ranges we'd seen in the past twenty years or so, and uh, we actually hadn't had a strong year class. We would usually get one on cast every two to three years, like clockwork. Um, and we we went four years there, and we were when we set our goal, we actually we weren't reaching that goal, but we got one the very next year, which is that strong twenty eighteen year class. That's poised to carry the fishery now and um, things are really in good shape
1: and no special rigs on that lake correct
0: well not for walleyes but right. there the new sunfish regulation the cast chain is included um, and now has a five sunfish limit combined so uh, that's something anglers will want to be aware of cast lake doesn't have a strong uh, panfish population but some of those connected waters uh, buck lake kitschy lake the rice lakes even up into Andrusia and Wolf in certain areas, uh, there's some quality panfish that we wanted to protect. So uh, the whole chain is now under that five-fish flugel limit.
1: Do you think, I mean, you said you already have some, some strong sizes there. Do you think there will be more of those sizes down the road then?
0: Yeah, that could be. Those, those populations are expanding a little bit, um, and... You know, at minimum, we should protect it. Although that five fish limit does often result in slight improvements as well, not just maintenance. So uh, it'll be interesting to see over the next, you know, five, eight, ten years if we see even um, more healthy size structure with some of those, you know, ten inch fish.
1: Are there any fish in the lake that a lot of people don't fish for because a) they don't know they're there, or b) aren't interested? There is a
0: small population of largemouth bass. Um, that on the right day, um, the right time of year, I think there's some guys that could go in and have a, a really nice day with some good size to them as particularly in some of the bays or connected waters. Um, that, I would say that's kind of a sleeper. You don't think about the cast chain as being a large mouth lake. Um, no, (laughs) that's, that's probably the, the, the one that's the biggest sleeper. There are some crappie populations, particularly in the winter in the connected waters that get targeted. Um, it really has about just about anything you want to catch. So. Uh, It's a nice, diverse fishery in that standpoint. And then also, you know, there's good uh, connection with the river segments that are easily navigable. So you could fish a a small connected lake one day and then fish out in the bars in the main lake the next and really have a a variety of experiences.
1: It it is interesting how many of these lakes have all kinds of different fish in and yet... uh, you know all you hear about are walleyes or muskies in the case of of um cass and you know a lot of times you hear about some fun things that happened during the winter spearing or dark house uh, with northerns and things like that but um there's a lot of other fish that are swimming around in those lakes
0: yeah rock bass is one that some of our non-resident anglers really enjoy cass lake is full of rock bass and um you know they're They can be really willing biters, and again, at certain times of the year when you get in the right spot, you can run out of bait pretty fast. So, you know, if you've got a 10-year-old kid, it's a a great thing to go out and spend an afternoon doing.
1: Oh, yeah. Rock rock bass are battlers, and they're fun. Yeah, for sure. All right, anything else we should know about what's going on in the Cass Lake chain these days?
0: No, I don't think so. That pretty well covers it. Um, We're we're pleased with where we're at and, and hoping for a good summer here and fully expect to have one.
1: And and no uh, big projects coming up down the pike or anything? No, not so much. We we did a chain-wide assessment in
0: 2019, um, so fairly recent, mm-hmm. and and that's included in our conversation today as far as the status of the fisheries. So we're a little ways away from the next chain-wide assessment, but um, in the interim, everything looks good, and we sort of use CAF as a barometer in between those uh, broader surveys. So things are looking good
1: there's a, a lot of uh, good walleye lakes up and down that Mississippi chain that are just so healthy and just seem to continue to crank out the fish Bemidji cast the whole cast chain and you keep going you know down you'll just find more and more of them it's a it's a pretty impressive uh, waterway
0: yeah we're really blessed with these you know large lakes up here and medium-sized walleye fisheries that just really produce fish for us and and keep all of our anglers in Paul Bunyan country with lots of options.
1: Tony Kennedy is the large lake specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office. We're talking about the Cass Lake chain and we'll be checking in with him uh, not too (laughs) distantly in the future and talk about Red Lake. Tony, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Kevin. Tomorrow we spotlight a couple of lakes. It's Lake of the Week Day, plus we take a Plus, we take a good look at a lake that seems to be on the rebound. We check in with Dave Weitzel from the Grand Rapids Area Fisheries Office and talk all things Lake Winnebagosh. ish Lake Winnebagosh ish It's up tomorrow. Don't forget, if you miss a show on the air, we're always available on the podcast, and oftentimes the podcast has a little extra info in it, too. You can do that at Podcast One or download the Pod MN app to your smartphone, and you can get access to hundreds of Minnesota-based podcasts. There's also links to the podcast on our Facebook page and on Twitter. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.